0: hello i'm leroy garcia and this is blue rain gallery podcast today in the studio we have a wonderful young aspiring artist in gl richardson and welcome thank you we're gonna explore a little bit i always get excited when we find young whippersnappers like this um, Gio, what I'd like to do is let's let's start a little bit about where are you from, uh, where you grew up, uh, what inspired you to become an artist. Tell us about if you've had any school or if you're self-taught. Uh, let's go through that first. Sounds good. I'm from Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, originally,
1: and um, yeah, I grew up in the suburbs and uh, pretty uninteresting, honestly. And but but had parents that really wanted me to focus. Early on, and, and they pushed me in high school to figure out what I was going to do. And so that, that boiled down to, you know, I, I'd had an interest in, in art through elementary school, elementary school to high school. Um, but they had, they'd kind of pushed me away from that, saying you're not going to make you know, money as an artist. Um, and so what's the next best thing? You see a lot of artists resort to advertising, right? And so I decided in high school that I was going to go pursue creative advertising. And that took me to uh, Missouri, University of Missouri. Their journalism program is
0: pretty top notch. So you're doing like graphic design?
1: More art direction. Art direction. Yeah. So there, there's a little bit of a distinction there mm. um, between the two, whereas graphic design is more executional and art direction is more conceptual. In undergrad, it doesn't really make a difference. You're doing a lot of the same stuff. Right. Um, but... I decided to pursue my education into a master's back in Virginia at uh, Virginia Commonwealth University and, um, and pursued art direction there as well and then graduated uh, and, and went straight into advertising out in San Francisco. Um, Got there quick because yeah. I, I like to put that, you know, east,
0: that's, that's in the past from East to West in yeah. no time at all. Yeah. So moved around a lot, but ended up back in, in Richmond for a little while, for two well, years. I'm, I, that, that's an interesting story. I'm, I'm glad you told us that. And I, I want to ask this question. Um, you're actually a cowboy that paints cowboy art. So what turned you into cowboy from Virginia <laughs> and drove <laughs> you to the West? Let's hear that story. All right. Yeah. Um, My dad is really, really
1: into westerns, and so I grew up watching a lot of western, like Hollywood stuff, and always, you know, gorgeous, right? Like it it draws a lot of people to the West. Uh, Hollywood does a good job with that. Um, But what what I actually ended up experiencing is is very different from that, and I can't say that that is necessarily what took me uh, into into ranching. It was more of just a pursuit of of realness and human qualities that we've kind of left behind, um, as a society. And, and I was really missing those things in advertising. Advertising was, um, I wasn't seeing a whole lot of that. It was pretty devoid of humanity. Uh, I mean, that sounds terrible, but, um, of more base base drives and, and, um, skill sets that we don't use anymore. It was a lot of computer time. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, I would say that, that, seeing a lack of that and, and wanting that, um, in my life is what pushed me to the West. It wasn't really the romanticism as much. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I, when listening to that, it reminds me of two artists that Blue Rain has really worked with a lot in the past. And that's, uh, Billy Shank, uh, where he started in Kansas and moved to the East coast, East coast um, uh, worked out of New York and then found his passion in, in Western heritage. Uh, actually becoming a cowboy himself and a a national champion. Accomplished. Yes. (laughs) I've seen the buckles. (laughs) Yeah, those buckles are cool. And then uh, also, uh, you remind me a little bit of the journey of Jim Vogel, uh, who him and his wife started off in graphic uh, commercial design. And then uh, Jim just found a passion to go on his own and stuff. But it seems like kind of a similar story between the two. Yeah, that's
1: pretty cool. You see a lot of artists transition away from from the graphic design and art direction uh, into more pure pure endeavors. It
0: seems so. What are the specific things you like about ranching or, or being in the cowboy genre? Oh man, um, like I already touched on it a little bit,
1: uh, it's a lot of skill sets that we've that that are still very much used, and just the general population is not aware of them. Um, just working with your hands and um feeling like uh, feeling connected to our our ancestors through physical labor like that is something that really really stuck with me um working every day like that and and then there's just there's other things about like being out on a large piece of property a large piece of land you know like double the size of san francisco which is where i i the ranch that i worked on um was double the size of San Francisco, and I moved there from San Francisco. So being on a piece of property that big with five people, um, that leaves you a lot of time to, to think and, and grow and kind of have this marination, this internal marination that all the external noise, I think blocks for a lot of people in society now. Like you've got so many distractions that you can, that you can decide to pursue instead of you not know, working inside um and so that's one of the things that
0: okay. so we're when you were ranching it up <laughs> <laughs> oh big time <laughs> when you were ranching it heavy up, ranching um, yeah um were you sketching and, and drawing and and finding things that inspired you on, on the ranch? i was
1: um but now that i look back at those pieces they don't hold even half of of kind of the the um internal fortitude that i'm trying to put into a lot of the pieces it convey now. And, and that kind of boils down to the fact that when you, uh, when you grow, right, that growth doesn't happen all at once. And, and it continues for years after that, that point when you are feeling the growth, um, or when you're experiencing that change. And so I still feel, um, like I'm like I'm learning things from an experience that is now about two years behind me. Um, Mm.
0: yeah, it's, it's kind of miraculous in that way. Yeah. Well, you know, Gio, um, I, I was raised uh, kind of ranchy myself. Yeah, you told me. And um, you know, cows and chickens and pigs and whatever, uh, growing alfalfa, uh, tending to sheep. Um, I, I remember at uh, about 18 telling my grandpa, I'm not going to live like this. <laughs> it's <still> freaking hard. <laughs> yeah. It is hard. It's hard work. But you're right. You appreciate um, the land. You appreciate hard work. Um, I think a lot of artists that I end up representing uh, have a connection to that as well. And I, I think about Jim Bogle, especially, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the paintings with the big hands. and yeah, um, It's all about work. Yeah. Uh, we provide for ourselves, and we're ultimately responsible. But it is hard work. And yes. to appreciate that and go that way uh, is amazing. Um, what brought you to Santa Fe?
1: There, there became a, a fork in the road. And it was either continue ranching or move on basically. And I really owe a lot to my, my mentor, boss and friend, Duke Phillips, uh, he, he, we were out, I can't remember what it's like we were doing. We were going out to the end of a pasture and checking a fence that had been down or something like that. And I'd been out there for over a year, a year and two months or so. And he stopped the truck and he was like, you know, now's the time. You gotta make the decision.
0: Yeah. Well, are
1: you gonna stick around here or are you gonna move on? And he knew, like I, I'd been painting, like I already said, and, and drawing while I was out at the ranch, I knew that it was a,
0: a aspiration of mine, and I had to make that decision. So there, there, there are a lot of people in this genre of Western heritage that uh, paint beautiful paintings of Western themes and Western styles or the romantic, romanticizing of the West, um, but yet they've never dug a ditch or. Fixed yeah <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it's hard work. So yeah. you come from it in a in a personal and natural way, yeah. Uh, not in a romantic way. So I get that. Yeah, right. And I I, I do, and I don't like getting on some type of
1: high horse about it at all. Like it, no, it, I think it's just natural. Yeah, but I I really appreciate the fact that I, that it's sort of few and far between because it allows me to pick out things that haven't been painted to, you know. Um, to their nth degree. Um, there's a lot of things out there that are just ripe for painting that haven't, that I haven't seen recently at least, and that really touch on, on some of the stuff that really goes on out there. Um, I'll give you one that I'm thinking about right now uh, that I'm, I'm trying to work into a painting is, um, splices and, and fence lines. You know, like that's a huge part of ranching is fixing fence lines, and,
0: and instead of running new wire, exactly making it work, right?
1: Yeah, making it work. And the splice to me, I guess this kind of like leads to something else about the work is just taking these things that exist within the world, within the ranching world, and blowing them out to more, um, more understandable and more ubiquitous. Um, um, Concepts and and things that people can relate to that have never branched before, like a splice. We've all been broken, right, and and all been mended in some way. You can tell, you know. There's heartache, um, mm-hmm. heartbreaks. You know, you you move on and and you end up being fixed in some way. But, I mean, that's that's super surface level. But like to take no, that's kind of deep. Know, that's kind of you know, deep analysis of life. And, and from a renter's point of view right right so there's so many things out there that you can look at and say that it really connects to life and and the human experience um
0: so well i i think that's wonderful i, I think that's one of the reasons i really connect to your work because <laughs> you're a little bit your background you're a little bit wired like me even though i'm like oh i'm not going to work this hard and then i go into the gallery business and i work as hard yeah and and, <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because people exactly. think like you own a gallery you just sit there behind a desk and take money but uh, if you come to Blue Rain, you see a lot of thousand pound sculptures <laughs> oh yeah yep. it takes guns and yeah oh my gosh uh to make that happen the bodybuilding background oh yeah, you better keep in shape yes you better have your muscles in gear um i the next thing i wanted to do is maybe cover some of uh my favorite images that you've recently brought into blue rain. And one of the first that I, that that I saw the other day uh, that I really, really loved and was enthralled with uh, is titled David. Tell me a little bit about that painting, David. All right. Um, So, so this one's not
1: out there in the world yet, um, but uh, I'll try to kind of condense it down. It's um, David Landreville is a friend of mine um, through the ranch and he's a world renowned farrier. Um, a person that trims and shoes horses, except David is a barefoot uh, trimmer. He doesn't he doesn't use metal shoes at all, and, and that's that's something that you know I, I was not familiar with.
0: I thought that horses all had shoes on. Um, What's the reason for that? Is that because they're not in the city on the pavement? They're basically in the ranch. Yeah, so I don't know enough to talk about it,
1: and 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 not have someone later come along and be like, "That was that, that was, was wrong, that was wrong." <laughs> but I do believe that the shoes came about around the time of riding horses on semi-paved roads, hard surfaces. Yeah. And before that, horses, I mean, when you think, one of my favorite things about the way I was taught to ranch is that you, you keep things as natural as possible, right? Like things were functioning well before we got involved. So you have to ask yourself, how did a horse live without shoes, if that if they need shoes, they never had shoes before. How did they live? Exactly, mm-hmm. and and so it, it starts to the common sense starts to kick in. And then when you when you start to talk to someone like David and other barefoot trimmers, and and then learn about the hoof, it's like its own ecosystem that I could never even. It's
0: a very very uh, temperate ecosystem and and dangerous for horse
1: mm-hmm. Yes, so. it's
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of opinions about it too. So I'm not gonna. You know, delve into there,
1: yeah. Delve into it too much, but David is a barefoot trimmer, and I was down in Texas um, at our good friend's ranch. They're managing it, and um, and David came, and he was trimming the horses, the ranch horses there, and I was watching him do it, and, and he is a master to the point where, like, when he's finished with that last with the fourth hoof, uh, he was doing this thing where he was stretching the horse's leg out and and had his fingers under an inch above the ground, in between the hoof and the ground. And I asked him later, like the way he was stretching the leg, like, oh, could the horse not immediately put its foot down in that way? Like it would have to have pulled its foot forward. And he was like, oh no, like they could, he could put it, he could break my fingers right then. And he, through just four hooves, his handle with the horses, he's able to create this trust between them where he knows that's not gonna happen. And uh, he's he's a horse whisperer and a person that I respect greatly. And he had this moment with a horse uh, to get back to the painting. He had this moment with a horse when he was finished trimming it, where he was kneeling down and looking into its eyes and it was looking down at him. And there was a real connection between them, a thankfulness and an appreciation between the two of them that just resonated
0: strongly with me. I think I'm starting to look a lot like David. looks like you have him with a white beard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: And
0: that's a new feature for David. So Yes. Well, the other thing I liked about this painting is your shadowing. You have it right on. Thank you. And it's very strong. And it should be called David or David with trust or something, you know, because it seems like the whole story. Yeah. Oh, man. That's just a beautiful piece. Thank you. Um, A few months ago, uh, Blue Rain, um, through its print shop, Um, asked you to produce a couple paintings and uh, one of them was called the drifter and the the paintings were supposed to be around the balloon fiesta so um, what I liked about Jill is his interpretation of what we were after so what part of the balloon fiesta did you like about this painting so You know, I've been to the balloon fiesta taking photos.
1: That's where the other one comes from. But, um, you know, when you start to think about how a hotter balloon functions, right? Like when you get up in the sky, there is no controls anymore besides up and down. The wind. Yeah, you're completely at the mercy of of nature and and the wind. And so it got me thinking about how, you know, you're just, you're kind of on, you're on the wind, right? And and then to personalize that, to humanize that feeling, uh, I, I took it in a direction of, somebody who has no direction who is moving on the drifter maybe a
0: little bit lost a
1: little bit lost yeah i've been there Uh, and thankfully the wind took me in the right direction I put uh, I put a small uh, the subtle
0: reference to yeah. the balloon. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes,
1: there is a balloon on the
0: painting, <laughs> but it's a it's a lapel pin. What, what I love is the creativity. I um, the, give somebody an assignment and then we let them have their artistic abilities take over, and it's amazing what happens yeah. when you have freedom like that. And boy, you, that was a really strong messaging on that. <laughs> I liked it. Thank you. Um, let's talk about the painting behind me. Okay, loose ends. Yeah. Tell me about it.
1: All right. Well, you know, I have talked to you about this one before, and, and this one deals with um, the past and the future for me, um, or for us, my partner and I. Uh, when we're looking forward, we're looking towards a ranch. We want we want to get back into the life. Uh, it was life-changing for both of us, and we don't go a day without thinking about how we could possibly get back to living that We'd love to, to be able to do it again, learn, you know, like we, we're not saying that we're professionals here. We have a year, a little bit over a year under a, our belts, uh, ranching. And, and it's, a, a, more than a lifestyle. It's more than a career. It's, it's, it's a way of life. Exactly. Yeah. So we have so much to learn, but we want to get back to it and we want to be the ones, you know, at the steering wheel. And, and so to get there, we're having to step away from it for a while. I'm painting full time. Anna, my partner, is uh, in a different career, um, and so we both feel that there's some unfinished business out there. Um, the the man, the figure in this painting, is walking away from an unfinished fence line. You can see the wire kind of like mm-hmm. coiled, and and um, he's got he's got a roll in his hands, and um, it's not fin- the job isn't finished, and that's how I feel about. It Seems life.
0: like also the vestry you're uh, reminiscing to uh, an older time. As well. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that nostalgia is a big thing in my work. Um,
1: I don't like to... I mean, there, there's romanticism in the work, of course. I'm trying to, to pull that back and, and get more and more real and gritty with, with it. But there is romanticism. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. But nostalgia isn't something that I'm really after. Uh, because it's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this life is still being lived by people out there. Yeah, And, and people still... Like if, if you're referring to like the mode of dress, um, people are still dressing like this, and, and um, yeah. So
0: actually, they are. I have friends <laughs> in northern and southern Colorado that I can refer to. That. Yeah, the the Californias. Yeah, in, in the white sh- the white shirts. Yes, uh, with the suspenders. Yep, yep. And it's not it's not the normal suspenders that we have in a contemporary It's more of the old style. Yeah, like right, with the buttons, buckaroo style. Yeah, yep. yeah. So. We sold our first painting the other day, and it was called Wade Through It. Let us know a little bit about that painting.
1: This one was a pretty emotional piece, um, and, and emotions by proxy, I should say. Like, they, they weren't mine to own completely. Uh, a good friend and collector, uh, over Thanksgiving break, I heard that he'd lost his sister abruptly. And uh, we, were, we were gone on Thanksgiving break for over a week, and I heard about it. Early in early in the break, and by the time I got back to the studio, it was still weighing on me. Just this thought about about this loss for him, and he's he's really an amazing guy, a really really good person, you know. And it just it was very abrupt, like I said, and and unexpected, and and that's how life goes, you know. Like we're we're constantly pitted against these things that, like we were talking about over lunch, you know, you can't possibly uh, anticipate, and and we just we move through them. Through these obstacles and these no one's immune from
0: tragedy right
1: exactly thank you tragedy yeah and and what are what options are we left with and and you know maybe we'll touch on this later but fritz Scholder is a huge inspiration of mine and the way that he is able to capture raw emotion in his in his use of um figure uh and and also like leaving it within the the boundaries of of a piece um I've been studying his work and, and looking at everything I can see, everything I can find. And and so with this one, I, I really do feel like it's a success.
0: Oh, it, it was. So it's sold to one of our our top clients who will not be named. You know who you are. <laughs> um, but the the text came back, Fritz 2.0, because he got it right off the bat. I was like, my gosh. And he's really smart. So that that's a pretty nice compliment there, the, yeah. the, the composition, how you uh, – it, it doesn't look uh, there's some emblems or similarities between a Fritz Scholder piece. Uh, I really I can't say
1: that there's another artist that I've seen that's able to capture emotion so vividly in Raleigh um, and, and 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 his use of composition and color to join. Um, I, I I haven't seen anybody that's done it as well as him. Yeah,
0: well, that was pretty close. That was pretty darn close. <laughs> that's <laughs> too much. That's too much. I know. <laughs> yeah, the tough one to help painting behind you. Ugh. Now, how often do you work on paper versus, uh, panels or canvas? After my solo
1: show in July, I took a quick break from working on aluminum. That's what everything in the show had been on aluminum it's such a concrete, uh, substrate. And I just kind of wanted to loosen up a little bit, work on something that wasn't as precious, like working on a, in a large aluminum panel. First off, it, I mean, they're expensive and, and it just, it, you know, taking risks on something like that is a little difficult. So working on paper just always, I feel like for all artists is like a way to kind of just spitball. Yeah. So this is, I mean, I haven't worked on a lot of paper. Yeah. I Um, haven't seen a lot of paper from what I've seen. This, this was a successful one, I think. And, um, and uh, deeply personal, um, dealing with difficult relationships um, and the pride that goes into deciding if you're going to help someone reach out um, and and give them a hand up or continue to, or walk away or watch them suffer. Um, I have my fair share of difficult relationships in my life. And you look at that person and, and they are down, whether, whether or not they're admitting it or not, you look at them and say, you need help. And, um, it's up to you. Like I put you as the viewer of the painting
0: in a position,
1: looking down on this person and it's up to you if you're going to reach your hand out or walk
0: away. Well, I, I, I want our audience to know that, um, now that you've heard a little about geo that you realize the potential in this young yeah. man and, uh, you have great vision. Um, you have great emotion and, uh, as you're practicing and developing your painting styles, uh, We all need to be patient and watch this miracle happen. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be nice. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good partnership. And um, uh, this is a person that is uh, dedicated to his craft and his field and is impassioned by the lifestyle of what he's projecting. I'd like to thank you for coming in today, Joe. Thank you, Leroy. I'm honored to be here. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, Like to encourage everybody to subscribe to Blue Rain Gallery or on YouTube or any of the platforms that you find podcasts. Um, Also, like to encourage you to um, visit BlueRainPrintShop.com. Bring art into your everyday life. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Leroy.